church is to honor God by making more disciples for Jesus Christ, worshiping, serving, celebrating together. Our purpose statement is rooted in the words of Jesus when he said, all authority has been given to me. Go into the world and make disciples, teaching, baptizing, and I will be with you until the end of the stage. The three-legged stool on which we sit, right? Okay, outreach. It's the foot we start with, left or right, whichever one you want to go with, left, Outreach being a place where anyone can walk through the front door, a place where people who don't know Jesus can come to know Jesus as their Savior. Spiritual formation, a place where people who know Jesus can grow. And leadership, a place where people who know and are growing can lead in their sphere of influence, which frequently, often, all the time means service and prayer and inviting. The next great question is who's going to pay for all this? We are. And it's not like we, I have a mouse in my pocket. I mean, it's like, no, we are. Like we, the community of faith that is at Timberwood. It's it's the DNA that was injected into us, right? This, This idea that we want to reach our community for Jesus Christ. And it will be our financial resources that accomplish that aspect of it. Relying on God's graciousness, your generosity to reach a community. It's a good investment, and I thank you. Our text today starts Matthew 6, right? Jesus said this intriguing thing. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, if there's things that compete for the affections that belong to God, there might be a number of things. If there's things that are threats or we view as threats, there might be a number of things, right? Jesus could have played just about anything in competition for the affection that God deserves. He could have thrown out power, or he could have thrown out influence, or he could have thrown out government, or he could have thrown out religion. But he picks something that is not external to the human, something that is internal. And of the internal things that could be chosen, it's this idea of money. Later in that same passage, you cannot serve God and money. Mark chapter 10, this rich young ruler, okay? This guy who is really, really a faithful, faithful follower of God, okay? Comes to Jesus and said, what do I have to do? And Jesus is like, do all these things. And and the guy's like, I've done all those things. And then Jesus says, well, then sell everything that you have and give it away. The text tells us that Jesus loved the guy and then gave that challenge And the guy went away sad because he had a lot of stuff. The worship of money, the affection that money wants to have in our hearts. And the antidote that Jesus offers seems to be just give it away. If you want to know if it has power over you, give it away. People get freaked out, right? Especially with the rich man ruler story. Because Jesus says, hey, give everything away. People get freaked out, right? Because like, is Jesus wanting me to be homeless this winter? Probably not. Probably not. Probably the idea that most of us who live in this area should have a home with a heater in it. And, and that's probably a good idea. And if you don't have a home with a heater in it, we support an entity called Bridges of Hope, which provides a warm place for people to sleep at night. 
But what if the Spirit is inviting us to something deeper? Something that is reflective of where our hearts want to be. I'm not saying I've got this all figured out because I don't. But a bunch of years ago, probably mm, 56 minus the 1 plus the 2, carry the add. I was probably 24, 25. And I literally said to God, I, I, I don't need a lot. I don't need a lot. I just want to serve you. I don't even need a home to live in. I just want to serve you. Now, I don't know. At 24, 25, I'm barely figuring life out. How, how much did I realize what I was committing to? I don't know. But what if the Spirit is inviting us to something deeper that's reflective of where our hearts want to be? Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You, you want to follow a straight line to the things that are important to you? Go to our stuff. Go to the place where we spend our money. Go to a checkbook register. Go to a credit card statement. There's a straight line from where our heart is. And Jesus says, your heart will be where your stuff is. Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 7. Intriguing set of verses, right? It actually starts like a chapter earlier in verse 8, okay? And basically, he's writing to the church at Corinth, okay? Now, his buddies at Corinth are like doing really well in life, okay? They've got some advantages going their way. Corinthian church doing well, benefiting from commerce, trade, fishing. The Macedonian churches, just a little bit to the north, not so well, Okay? You can draw whatever parallels you want to our world or Crowing County today. Maybe a little more backwater, maybe not the upper crustacean advantages. Whatever the reason is, the churches in Macedonia have this capacity to give, even though they're dirt poor. And Paul is asking, he's telling, quite frankly, I think he's actually guilting just a little bit his buddies in Corinth, that they should step up their game. That they should use the example of their neighbors to the north and be generous. A chapter later, Paul writes this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I will take a grumpy giver. <laughs> like any day of the week, like Paul, I just amend this a little bit and just like. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. A cheerful giver. My heart. The anecdote for having too much stuff or having it have too big of a priority in my life. Why would I be cheerful about giving? 
something greater than me? Something that will outlast me? Something that allows me to participate in God's work? The delight of seeing lives changed? It's happening here. It's happening here because people 20 years ago decided to be generous and created a space, right? An idea that became Timberwood. And it's not a building, although we've built a building. We have this ability to influence, right? This last week, I'm having a conversation face-to-face with a guy, and I'm like, would you like to know that you're forgiven? Do you know the delight that comes in seeing a life changed? Each and every week, you hear it here, the faith story. God intersecting with people's lives through this place that is a direct result of your generosity creating something that didn't exist 20 years ago. My choice and your choice and our choice. How do I honor God with the totality of my life? I mean, not just my pocketbook, but the totality of my life. How do, how do I honor God? How do I honor God with how I express myself? Count the ways. In the work environment, in my private life, in my deeply, deeply personal private life, how I express myself, how I love my spouse, how I engage in appetites and desires, what I eat, what I consume, what I buy, what I, how do I honor God with the totality of my life? My choice, your choice, our choice. Why am I even alive? Have you ever wondered that? What, why am I alive? I mean, the world that we live in, you know, has all this chaos, right? And yet I'm alive. My choice, your choice, our choice. Do you know how good it feels to help someone out? Have you ever been at a restaurant and just given an outrageous tip? Just like a crazy tip. A couple years ago, Tanya and I were traveling. Okay, it was right after Christmas. We're going down to Florida, okay? And, and, and we sat in, in a restaurant at, at, at uh, 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 Terminal 2, um, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, is it Hubert Humphrey? No, that's the other one. Which one is it? Humphrey, Humphrey thank you very much. We gave 50 bucks on a $50 tab. Okay. I mean, I'm not bragging. It changed that person's moment in time. I mean, it felt so good to be so over-the-top generous. Do you know how good it feels to give money away? Have you ever had that experience where you're like, here, just take it. Just, just, it's not that important to me. Money is just something you have in case you don't die tomorrow. Let's just be honest. That, that's all that it is. It's just something you have in case you don't die tomorrow. How good it feels to share here. How good it feels to make a good investment. How good it feels to make an investment that lasts an eternity. Can we take an honest look what I have, 
Why is it that I possess these things? There's this intriguing uh, text in the Old Testament. Some of you are familiar with it. It's Malachi chapter 3, verses 10, 11, and 12. It's one of the only places, maybe the only place in the Bible, where God literally lays it on the line and says, test me. Very rare for God to do that. God's like, roll the dice, test me. Now, caveat, I'm not saying God's a slot machine. I'm not saying God's the local lotto or the local pull tab booth where you put in $5 and you maybe potentially get back $100. i am not saying that. But Malachi 3, verses 10, 11, and 12 have this intriguing thing. And God, through the mouth of the prophet, tells the people of God, hey, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Tithe, we get the idea of 10%. Actually, the tithe in the Old Testament is probably closer to 30%. So I love people who are hardcore tithers and cheerful about it or grumpy about it. It doesn't matter to me. God says, test me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. See if I won't pour out a blessing that you can't possibly contain. My choice, your choice, our choice. We often reference Grandpa Snow, Lieutenant Colonel, Reverend Dr. Lieutenant Colonel William No Middle Initial Snow, Tanya's grandpa, my grandpa. Oh, John. He had this uh, rule that he lived by, 10-10-80. He gave 10% of what he made to God. He saved 10%, and he lived off 80%. He's like, if you do that, John, you'll never run out of money. You will never run out of money. If you're generous with God, if you're generous for your future savings, pay for the rest of life with the 80%. And so as best I can, that's what I do. I'm not bragging. I don't think I've got it all figured out. I look at the paycheck, multiply the number by 0.10, I write out a check to God. Look at the paycheck, multiply the number by 0.1. Actually, I'm a little bit stronger on my long-term savings because, you know, you got catch-up stuff and the IRS lets you do certain things, and so I've taken advantage of that. And I live off the rest. And it's worked out. I have a beautiful home. I have a vehicle that had heat in it this morning. I got super nice bikes. Who's going to pay for all this? We are. There's no entity outside of us that injects cash into our system. It's God's graciousness. It's your generosity. That's how we can do what we do. And I thank you. I thank you. It's a powerful, powerful thing to be the recipient of your generosity. For some of us, we've never started, right? The idea of giving money away that we've earned and worked hard for. Man, I hear you. 
I, I, I hear you. You've worked hard for your dollars. You, you've worked hard for your dollars. I, I, some of us have worked really hard for the dollars. Our bodies show it. But I think you will discover, if you take the chance, that if you make an investment in the things of God, it will be worth the expenditure. For many of us, we continue, right? We continue to give to God. We continue to make it a priority that, that out of the first dollars we receive on a paycheck, we, we give back to God. For some of us, quite honestly, we could make a greater step of faith. It's our choice. It's your choice. It's God's graciousness. It's your generosity. So important to the existence of Timberwood Church. Thank you. Please pray with me. Father, we come to you today, and it's really not a tricky thing at all. Your son said clearly, treasure and heart are linked. We are drawn to you, O great God. Our affections, our heart, our very soul swells when we're in this space, in this community of faith. Thank you. Father, make us wise in how we use what you have provided for us. Make us wise in how we use what we have achieved through hard work, through your gifting of our abilities to produce dollars and things. Make us wise, O oh great God. Allow our heart to be reflective of where our treasure is. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. On the way in today, you were handed a blue envelope. Timberwood Church needs your help. We want to uh, end 2023 in a really strong financial position. We want to make our budget. We want to start 2024 on the right foot. Um, February of this last year, we approved a budget of $1.4 million. It's what it takes to operate Timberwood. It pays for salaries. Thank you. It allows me to make a living. It pays for debt service on this structure. It pays for missions. We, we if you will, tithe of our budget to our missions and our missions partners. It takes care of buildings and grounds, maintenance. It takes care of programming expenses. It buys coffee. Right now, at our current level of giving, we project that we will be short $280,000. We need help. There's no other way to express it. We need help. And so I'm asking, will you help? 
Will you help? For some of us, we're at the upper limit of what we can give. I mean, we are absolutely tapped out. We're giving generously and sacrificially to the things of God. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's a powerful thing, and you can testify to the reality of what it means to give away and make an investment in the kingdom of God. For some of us, we've never started. And this blue envelope might be an opportunity for you to start. For you might say, hey, I'm willing to take the chance and see what God would do if I make an investment into his kingdom at a local place called Timberwood. And for some of us, it might be continuing, right? It might be moving from a position where we've, we've, we've carefully and, and cautiously and conservatively said, well, I can give this much. But if we were honest, we, we could cross a line and step into something deeper, something richer, a greater investment in which God is calling us to participate. For us to do this, it will require participation at all levels. If you are capable of giving $10 a week, that will be absolutely critical. Likewise, if you can do $10 a week, but you could do 15 it will require that participation. And likewise, if you can do 15 but you could do 100 if you can do 100 but you could do 150 you get the idea, right? If you can do 10,000, but you could do 15, it will require all of us participating to make this budget reality possible. I thank you for your generosity, but we need help. Timberwood needs help. Use this envelope to help. Thank you. We invite you to stand and let's respond together.